We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Joining us today is the director of the Deaf Camp at Bill Rice Ranch in Tennessee, Tyler Thornton and his wife, Rebecca. God has given Tyler and Rebecca a unique inroad with this particular group of people because Rebecca herself is deaf. Together, they exude the joy of the Lord. Tyler and Rebecca, we feel so honored to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. It's so good to be here. Thank you. What we wish our podcast listeners could see are your smiles, the joy and enthusiasm you both have in serving Christ is just so contagious. We also wish that they could see the skills God's given both of you in American Sign Language. But since podcasting is not a visual media, as we interview you, we want our listeners to know Rebecca will be responding in ASL. And Tyler will be her voice for all of us. So let's get started. We are very excited about hearing your story today. How did you two meet? And how did the Lord direct you into the camp ministry you have today? Uh, I'll go ahead and start that. Um, We met uh, here at the Bill Rice Ranch. It was my first summer. I was volunteering. I didn't know much sign language. And so I was actually working with the hearing teenagers. And um, my wife, she was working with the deaf as a deaf counselor. And I didn't know much signs, but um, I was curious about the camp. I knew they had sign language. I knew they had deaf here. And so I thought it was interesting. So I wanted to come. And the first week here was just training. And uh, that's when I first noticed Rebecca. And I thought she was beautiful and I wanted to meet her. And then one of my friends told me that she's deaf. I thought, well, there's no chance there. I don't know signs. So I was like, whatever. And uh, later that summer, I just, you know, I really liked her. She She was beautiful, but she had a she had a countenance about her that just attracted me to her. And so I decided to learn sign language and I was socializing with all the deaf campers. Um, I was too nervous to confront her and meet her and, you know, sign to her. I didn't want to, I didn't want to look dumb. So I talked with all the deaf campers instead. And I did that all summer until the last week. Um, I finally worked up the courage to, talked to Rebecca. We had a one-on-one conversation for about an hour. Um, and I felt like I did fantastic, but looking back, it was probably terrible. <laughs> My wife's taking her hand like, eh. <laughs> so, um, but that's kind of how it started. That's how we met. And after that conversation, we just became friends and I really did like her, but I didn't know what would happen. And we became good friends. We talked for that next year. I went back to college and took sign language one and two and um we texted back and forth all year long every once in a while she would ask to facetime or skype but i would always find an excuse not to because i didn't want (laughs) i didn't want to embarrass myself um i wanted to be perfect before uh signing with her but 
um, I now understand that I'm even today I'm not perfect. So um, that's how we met, and that's kind of how the Lord directed me into deaf ministry was using her. Um, just kind of sparked my interest, started learning sign language, and I came back the next summer and I worked with the deaf. And my wife came back to work with the deaf again. So we actually worked together in the same camp ministry that next year. And Lord brought us closer together. And um, it's kind of how it all started on my end. My wife says, I remember I didn't notice Tyler at all until near the end of summer. I started to notice that, uh, you know, he's a nice guy. Uh, It was really interesting because after summer had finished, I had told my mom, um, that I want to marry someone like Tyler. And it was kind of interesting how God worked that out. And now we're together. That is neat. Uh, it never ceases to amaze us, the sovereignty of God, how he always has us in the right place at the right time. That is that is very true. Um, I never imagined I'd be working with um, a group of people in a different language. And I am, and God used Rebecca to lead me in that direction. So it's really cool. That is cool. So our next question is going to be directed actually straight to Rebecca. Rebecca, in what ways has God used your deafness for good? I mean, really, God's used it in so many different ways. Um, But one thing I really think of is God's really used me to influence other deaf who have struggled in their life. And um, I can have that pity uh, because I've understood that I, I, I can relate to them. And there's so many um, deaf that need help. They need encouragement. Another thing is my family. Um, there's 14 of us siblings and only two of us are deaf. Hmm. And God was able to use my whole family to start a deaf ministry in our home church. And that ministry is still functioning today. And right now, my deaf sister and her husband are actual uh, the deaf leaders in that ministry. And so that's been really neat. And those are a few things that God has used uh, my deafness for good. And I... As her husband, I'd like to add to that. Um, uh, I've seen uh, my wife's testimony just to the younger deaf and how they look up to her. And um, even hearing people that aren't deaf um, are attracted to her just because of her deafness. Um, But then her countenance as well. um, It just she has a friendliness about her to where people want to get to know her. They want to learn sign language. They want to become her friends. And so God has used her, uh, much like um, God used her in my life to attract me to her. And then now working with the deaf, uh, there's been many other hearing who have been encouraged through her. Um, Many are interpreters today that contact her on a regular basis. Um, And so God's used her in both deaf world and hearing world. And um, I think that's been a a big part because of the family she grew up in was hearing. So she's, she knows both worlds. And so God really used her in a great way. Absolutely. That's been our observation too. Some people might consider being deaf a serious limitation. 
but neither of you have let that slow you down or limit you. It's definitely hasn't ha- hindered your service for Christ. I would say, actually, it's the opposite. It's strengthened your ministry. What encouragement would you offer to people with disabilities, people who are deaf or struggling with chronic illnesses, those who are wondering how God could possibly work through their weakness? Uh, my wife speaking, she says, for me, I remember in high school for many years, I struggled much with uh, the fact that I'm deaf. I felt limited through what what was my purpose in life. And I just remember there was one day I had to learn to not be so negative about life and everything that's happening. I had to change my perspective and, you know, think positively about it and to be thankful that, you know, that I am alive. And it's not like a one-time decision, but that was an everyday decision to um, have that um, different outlook on life. And the more I thought that way, the easier it was. Um, you know, I had joy in my life, and I was able to follow God's plan for myself. And um, I've always been, you know, an encouragement to others when other deaf are going through a hard time because I've understood that. Um, and even for myself, uh, as Tyler speaking, um, God is not surprised by our deafness or whether you're blind or you're sick. Um, I mean, God is sovereign. He's in control. And so it doesn't take God by surprise as it would you or I, um, mm-hmm. born in this world and we hear of the news. Um, it may take us by surprise, but God know and God has a plan. Um, and so my encouragement would be that God made um, deaf people. He made blind people. He made sick people. He made disabled people. And he doesn't do it out of spite, but he has a plan. And uh, much like we've heard from Rebecca's testimony today, uh, there's a reason. Uh, maybe we don't understand it, and we may never understand it here on this earth. Um but I could say just even Rebecca talking, she didn't understand everything as it was happening. But as she looks back on life, she can see bits and pieces of, you know, maybe what, you know, she can understand a little bit as to why God made her deaf and how God has used that in our life. Um, and so whatever the limitation is, um, it shouldn't be that. Right. It should be a limitation. Um, God has a plan. Um, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, uh, we see that God uses the foolish things of this world uh, to confound the wise and um, the weaknesses to prove his strengths. Um, I'm summarizing, uh, but I believe that's true in our life. I mean, throughout the Bible, you see God using um, what many people would think of as unordinary or not normal. Um, God uses those people to do the extraordinary. Um, Moses, you know, couldn't speak, but God used him. Uh, I mean, David was a murderer and God used him. And there's, there's just so many um, examples that um, when we look at those kind of people, we think, uh, 
yeah, they're not good people to be around or God can't use them because of this, this and this. Um, whereas God says, that's exactly who I want to use. And I believe that's true for every person, uh, regardless of the disability, whether you're blind, deaf, um, anything, uh, God wants to use us uh, for his one purpose, and that's to bring glory to him. Right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's a, a good reminder and a, a good way for us to focus. Um, you know, it's been said out of 70 million deaf, approximately only 2% have been reached with the gospel. Why do you think that is? Uh, to be honest, I think it's because we as Christians have failed. Hmm. Um, not to be harsh, but I mean, that's the, that's the truth. Um, the Bible says uh, to go and to preach the gospel to every creature. And um, we forget about the deaf. Hmm. And it's because they're, if you're not purposely looking for deaf people, you're not going to see them. Um, I grew up with a a cousin who's hard of hearing and, um, but because he was hard of hearing, he had hearing aids. And so he could speak. I learned sign language at a young age to communicate with him. But once he was able to start talking on his own, we dropped sign language. And to be honest, growing up, I didn't even know there were deaf people in the world. Even though I had a cousin who's hard of hearing, it, it's (laughs) amazing to think about that. I just never knew. And I didn't really know how big of a deaf world there was until I came to the ranch and they're just, there are forgotten people. They live amongst us. Um, when you think of missions, you think of Africa, you think of places and, um, reaching the deaf is a mission field, but it's not to a place, uh, cause deaf people aren't in one area. They're all over the world and they're, um, they live in isolation. They live in silence. And so you have to purposely look for them and to share the gospel. And it's a hard ministry. It really is. And the reason only 2% have heard the gospel is because um, there's, only been a, there's only been a few who have been willing to put in the work to find the deaf and to teach them about Jesus Christ. And it, it does take work. It's not just going to happen. I appreciate how you said we have to go out and find them. And that brings to mind another passage in Scripture, Luke 14, where Jesus tells a parable about a master who asked his servant to go out and compel the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame to come in so that his house would be full. And it does seem unusual that those who are struggling or disadvantaged in life will actually come in on their own. The command is really on us to find them. From your perspective, how do you think we can compel the deaf community to come to Christ and especially to be a part of a good Bible-believing church? My wife says one thing that comes to mind is establishing a relationship with the deaf. Um, going to deaf events uh, in the area and just showing that you care about them. And that will cause them to, you know, kind of say, okay, who is this person? Where are you from? You build that relationship. And I would add on to that, as uh, Tyler, I, I agree. Um, the deaf 
they are their own people. Uh, they have their own culture. They're different than hearing people. And one of the ways that they are different is they are um, a foundation to their culture is relationships. It's amazing to me how many people in this world my wife knows all throughout the country just because they're deaf, they've met somewhere at this event or that event. The deaf world is small and they all know each other and it's um, – it's really, it's really interesting, but they have this relationship. And so um, when someone like myself as a hearing person is maybe trying to establish a deaf ministry and I want people to come to the deaf church or anything, if I just go out and say, hey, come to my church, um, it's not going to be as effective because the deaf are like, well, who are you? Um, the deaf are very dependent upon having relationships. And so it takes time. You have to... Um, you have to nurture those relationships. Uh, like there's that old uh, saying, and we've all heard it, and we sometimes hear it like, oh, yeah, yeah, we know. But it says uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is, it, it's true for all people, but I'd say it's especially true for the deaf because they are very dependent upon relationships, like I said. And so um, I found that trying to get a deaf person to come to church um, starts long before just giving out an invitation. It's me um, showing up to deaf events, showing that, Hey, I'm not here because I think your language is cool. Um, I'm here because I care about you as a person. I care about uh, you and your culture and um, very respectful uh, towards the deaf and the deaf community and wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, about them and who they are as a person, not just because they're deaf, but because they are a person themselves. And so, um, like my wife said, it would start with building relationships, um, but it would also mean as a church, when we're trying to get them to come to church, um, the church is responsible for establishing um, a deaf-friendly atmosphere, um, somewhere that the deaf can feel at home, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Nobody likes when anybody that goes to a church for the first time, it's always awkward. Um, but then when you factor in the communication barrier and deaf not being able to communicate as easily with hearing as you and I could just by speaking, um, there's, there's more factors that are involved. And so creating that atmosphere of love and friendliness towards the deaf, showing that you that you care for them as a church, not just like, oh, they're deaf, I'm going to stay away because I'm nervous or I'm going to stare at them awkwardly because what are they doing with hands? Mm -hmm. um, that all, that's all evident to the deaf. They see that. And so it's awkward for them. It makes it worse for them. So you want to create that friendly atmosphere of, hey, I'm saying hi. Um, and that's as simple as waving. Um, it's amazing. If people ask me, how do you sign hi? It's like, just wave. Uh, you know, some of it's common sense, but a lot of it's just because we as hearing people or we as Christians, we just haven't been educated. We just don't know. And so a lot of our ministry is trying to educate the hearing as to how to be um, open and uh, friendly and loving to the deaf. Excellent advice. Both of you have traveled a good bit and seen different kind of congregations. You've seen fully deaf um people and you know full congregation of deaf people also a blend of hearing and deaf 
Um, along those lines where you're just talking about, what other elements do you think it's necessary to make a deaf ministry effective and successful? Well, um, with deaf churches or hearing churches with deaf ministries, um, some people would support one or the other. And mm-hmm. um, I support both. To me, it doesn't matter whether it's a full deaf or it's a hearing church with a deaf ministry. I think they're both equally important. What's more important is the doctrine, of course, what's being taught. Right. Um, some deaf are more comfortable and they feel more at home just with a full deaf uh, church. Um, that's their culture. They have a deaf pastor. And so they're going to be more effective in reaching the, the strong uh, deaf, those that are proud, uh, have that deaf pride and, um, that's who they are and that's who they want to be. And so mm-hmm. they can reach those people. Whereas there's others who, um, they like the, the balance or not necessarily the balance, but they like the mix of hearing and the deaf. And they like that. Um, for example, my wife, she like she prefers that just because she grew up in a hearing family. So she knows how to, uh, communicate and live in both kind of worlds. And so she likes hearing churches that have a strong deaf ministry. And so um, both are equally important. Um, It again goes back to just those relationships and having um, a relationship, having a love for the deaf and creating that deaf atmosphere. And that includes uh, time, um, especially with a hearing church, more importantly, is um it's just the time that is involved Mm. my wife's talking she says i really appreciate that when hearing people in the church they're always willing um to give time to learn the sign language to um sign with the deaf they're not afraid to approach us and i've always appreciated that that's good to know (laughs) yeah back to the atmosphere it's um What's hard in a hearing church that has a deaf ministry, um, you don't want to create, okay, here's the hearing, here's the deaf, and they stay kind of in their own sections. Yeah. And exactly. it happens often just because the hearing, um, they're, they don't know how to approach them. They're afraid to use their signs. Um, they just don't know signs, so they just think, well, I'm not going to waste my time anything like that. And there's nothing on the hearing side. It's not, they're not being mean. They're not being judgmental. It's just, um, again, it's a communication barrier. And when there's a lack of communication, it, it, it doesn't build, you can't build relationships without communication mm-hmm. is the point. And so creating a deaf atmosphere where, um, everybody in the church is supportive of the deaf ministry. Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to learn sign language, um, not to become interpreters per se, but just to know simple um, conversational phrases like, how are you? Or simple things like that, just to get to know everybody. Mm-hmm. That way the deaf aren't, Hey, I'm involved in the deaf ministry here, but they're involved in the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. My wife says, and that helps the hearing to actually be, you know, when they're involved with the deaf in the church and they see someone out in the community that's deaf, um, that kind of alleviates fears of approaching them and inviting them to the church as well. You mentioned um, going to deaf events. You know, how is 
for hearing people that want to reach out to the deaf community, how do we find these events? Most of it's through Facebook, um, social media, uh, or, or just doing Google searches of um, deaf events, and then you type in your city and state. Um, and again, like I said, once you find once you find one deaf person, mm-hmm. you start to find them all. And so it feels like in the beginning, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, you're like, there is nothing. But the, once you find one deaf person, that leads to other deaf. And then all of a sudden you found the whole community in just no time at all um, because they have those relationships. Um, and the deaf community is so united. And so um, it starts with just finding it online. And usually they're... Um, eating they're usually like monthly meetings at like a a restaurant or a mall or a coffee place Mm -hmm. um another yeah another my wife mentions another idea rather than just online searching is going to your local deaf agency whether it's an interpreting agency or an agency that's an advocate for the deaf um that supports uh finding deaf work and um those type of things they know where the deaf are and where to find them as well and they usually have like monthly deaf socials posted on their boards or anything like that Hmm. that's good advice i wouldn't have thought of that tell us about your missions outreach for the deaf at the bill rice ranch a little bit about the bill rice ranch is uh it started in 1953 as a camp for the deaf uh the founders um uh, John Rice had a, they gave birth to a daughter that was deaf and um, they didn't know how to communicate with her at first. They were traveling evangelists and their concern was, well, how do we um, communicate with uh, our daughter? How do we tell her about Jesus? And so um, Dr. Kathy started, uh, that was the mother. She started teaching her, daughter sign language she was learning herself and um, used pictures and all these different things to teach her daughter um, about Jesus and eventually her daughter became saved and um, other parents and people that knew of death um, were like hey can you do the same for my daughter or my son or my nephew and I know this deaf person can you tell them about Jesus and so uh, they became burdened for the deaf and they wanted to um, they wanted to help the deaf. They just didn't know how to start. And, uh, just one day God led it on their hearts to, Hey, we need to do something for the deaf. And so they started a deaf camp and that first summer they had 12, uh, deaf young people back in 1953. And I believe 10 of those 12 were saved. And ever since then, um, we've had camp for the deaf and deaf have come to camp free of charge. Uh, we don't, charge them anything to come to camp it's free and the whole goal of the Dorish ranch is it's an evangelistic ministry and so we're our focus is bringing death and sharing with them the gospel of jesus christ what a great ministry is there any other ministries that you're involved with and how can we be praying for you guys um there are uh outside of the summer camp um my wife and i we we travel a lot to deaf schools and institutions, trying to mostly promote for summer camp. Um, 
but a lot of those schools are um, state-run schools, and so every once in a while, you they they kind of yeah they restrict us from going in because you know they say separation of church and state, and so um, those are some of the battles that we face, and um, we're trying to um, reach yeah churches that are nearby. So we're trying to reach churches that are nearby, find someone that can get into those schools and. Uh, or just love on those kids and then bring them to camp. Um, but we also host sign language schools for local churches that are wanting to start deaf ministries and just, they don't know where to start or um, they're wanting to learn sign language or they're wanting to improve the sign language that they already know or find deaf people. And so we go and we host um, one, two week sign language schools, uh, sometimes four days of training and just help them, find the deaf community and get uh, involved. And um, we also host deaf rallies, like the one that um, you guys attended with us mm -hmm. in Arizona. And so we do those kind of things, just kind of have a one day event for the deaf to bring deaf and encourage them, um, see deaf saved, encourage deaf that are already saved to, you know, continue preaching his gospel and, and then also encourage interpreters and people that are interested in deaf work to get involved as well. And so there's a lot to do um, as far as deaf work. Uh, we need more people involved. It's a it's not a ministry that's often thought of, and people don't understand the need as much. But there's a great need for more um, hearing and deaf to be involved in this ministry. Well, Tyler and Rebecca, you two are a beautiful testament of God's faithfulness. We really appreciated hearing your story and learning more about how the Lord is using you. Just thank you so much for setting a godly example for us. We pray the Lord continues to be glorified through your ministry. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.